Today we get to do something really fun, and I really like this. We don't get to do it very often, and so that's what makes it really meaningful and special, I guess. But we are honoring a pastor at Timberline who has just completed 20 faithful years of ministry. Now that's a long time when you look at, especially as a staff pastor, the average stay is between three and five years, depending on the part of the country. And so um, I want my wife, Bonnie, to come and help me uh, give a few things away. Um, today we have the privilege of recognizing a couple who have made a difference in the life of Timberline. Their DNA and their imprint on this church has been seen for years. Would you please welcome to this platform Pastor Steve Harris and his wife, Sherry. That's fun. Now, for those of you that don't know this, Sherry has been my sister all of my life. I have four sisters, but certainly she's my favorite. Today, today. Depends on which one I'm with, okay? But we have a lot of fun. We, we're very close, and I appreciate that. And uh, Steve, way to go. I mean, this is just such a great thing you guys have done. And to go through the valleys and the mountaintops and to go through what you have gone through and all the challenges along the way, we're really proud of you. We are really thankful. We're humbled that you would serve God faithfully all these years. And it means a lot to us. You've impacted. Pastor Steve is currently the peak pastor over the peak love embraces, which involves a ton of stuff from weddings, funerals, how we say hello, um, food pantries, benevolence, caring, um, hospital, walk-in needs, counseling, funerals. I mean, it's just, it's a huge portfolio. But he's also served in so many different capacities through the years. Do you realize? I think he's been our worship pastor for three times. And uh, it's just been amazing. You're telling, by the way, Steve and Sherry, I hope you've had a, the privilege of hearing them sing because they can sing. We need to have you do that more often, by the way. I, <laughs> it's pretty exciting. So we, we appreciate it. But um, we have, a, a, from our deacon team, we have a few gifts. Sherry, we, have a, we gave her flowers last night, but we wanted her to take those home so they would stay fresh. But we have a gift that we're giving you. She knows what it is by now, but uh, we'll leave that up to her if she's going she's gonna to tell you. And uh, Steve, one of the things our deacon team said is probably the greatest gift that can be honorable to someone who has longevity like you do is a little extra time away this year um, in vacation on top of what you already have earned and then some money to help you go do something fun. And so from be all of us here at Timberline and this family, we want to give you this check and say have some fun. And you can share that at whatever level you're comfortable with. Uh, with sure. <laughs> you guys, would you give it up for Pastor Steve and Sherry Harris? seated. Thank you. Steve. You want us to sing now? <laughs> <laughs> I want to say thank you so much. It's a privilege to serve you. Ten years ago, I received a ring for serving for ten years, and it seems like it's just been two or three years ago that another ten years has just flown by. 
I just can't believe it. When we joined this team, we became one of four pastors, uh, two admins, and a custodian, and maybe a dog or two. <laughs> and I, it, just, it just boggles my mind to, to where we're at today. We, we celebrate our staff Christmas every year over here in the East Auditorium, and we fill that room with staff. And it just blows my mind. When we joined the congregation here, there were approximately 600, I believe. And today, we, there will be over 6,000 here. So longevity sees a lot of change. In that time, I have had the privilege of having nine admins. It's true. He holds the record of having more admins. <laughs> We, we honored him one day, and the admins actually put this together. It says, Pastor Steve's Admin Club. <laughs> and they presented him this shirt with the names of all of his admins. And, Steve, you'll be happy to know that they all have completed therapy. All right. And so yeah, baby. We're, we're thankful yeah, for baby. that. <laughs> you notice Donna Haggard is the last one on there, yep. and uh, she signed a life commitment. So I just want and, you to And know. she's still in therapy. So <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> she hasn't seen the light yet. But anyways... <laughs> Thank you for trusting us and allowing us to serve you these 20 years. It's been a joy. Sherry. And I would just like to say that I'm overwhelmed by God's grace of him allowing us to serve with you for 20 years. Such an honor and a privilege because you are the greatest people we know. You've loved us. You've journeyed with us. You've walked with us through so many things. And to serve with you is a great honor. Thank you for putting up with us. <laughs> Let's say thanks one more time to Steve and Sherry Harris. Thanks, you guys. Wow. It's wonderful to honor people, and uh, thank you guys so much for 20 years of faithful ministry here at Timberline. You know, this really kind of did something in my heart, and I thought because it's on this weekend that we would take a break from the Mark Eyewitness News series just for this weekend. And I want to challenge you on this, from this kind of platform of honoring Stephen Sherry to say, what does it look like to walk with God for the long haul? What, what is it like for us to say, I've called the message for the long haul. What does it mean for us to say, God, I want someday to stand before you and hear you say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. What does that mean? What are the things that we have to tweak in our lives in order to be faithful for the long haul? Now, I realize there are many factors beyond our control, and I want to get those out of the way right now, and I want you to join me in the thought process. I, I know of, you know, stillbirths where children don't make it to their first breath. It's tragic. I've done funerals of of children right here in this building, and it's very difficult because of tragedy for whatever reason. We've buried teenagers here. Um, they never were able to reach what we would say is their full potential. Diseases are real. Tragic accidents happen in our world. But I want you just to, for a moment, assume that you're going to live a long, full life. Okay? So let's say none of these horrible things happen to you and you're going to live a long, full life. What are the things that you need to be working on now in order 
to get the most out of life and to be faithful to God in the long haul. I love the, the bumper sticker that says, and you've probably seen this, if I had known I was going to live this long, I would have taken better care of myself. <laughs> How many of you relate to that right now? It's pretty real, isn't it? Well, I, I was doing some research about this, and I found a couple of pictures of the, what they say are the oldest people in the world. And they're not from this country, so I don't know what records, I don't know how verifiable, but this woman I'm showing you a picture of now is reported to be 128 years old. Now that, how many of you just as soon not get that old? You know, I mean, that's up there, 128 years. This next picture um, is she's reported to be 130 years old. And I read her, the stats on her, and it's like 60-some grandkids and then great-grandkids and then great-great-grandkids. And it's just, it's like amazing, all the stuff. I, I look at this and I just think to myself, what does it take for us to go the long haul? Because a sprint is very different than a marathon. How many of you realize that? A sprinter is going to come out of the blocks as fast as possible and put everything in their power for that distance that they are running. A marathon runner or a long distance runner is going to come out with a pace, a pace that they believe they can hold for the entire time of the endurance they need to complete the race. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, but the strategies of the race is different. I often see believers run out of the blocks and you think, wow, if they could maintain that pace, that would be amazing. But it doesn't always happen that way. And you see people who fall away or they burn out or something happens tragic in their life and their spiritual faith. They get disillusioned with God. I would like for us to be the people of God who make it for the long haul. That's my passion today. I want you there at the end. I want to cross the line with you in heaven and have God say, well done, you did it. You reached your potential. You took care of the stuff way back here that could have been a real problem up here. But you saw it. You listened to my voice. The first thing in your outline that I want you to write down is this. For the long haul living, that's sort of what I'm calling it, for the long haul living requires patience. It just does. There are no shortcuts. You are going to have to have patience if you're going to walk with God for the long haul. Now what I want to do is is uh, go from the book of 1 Peter and hear Peter's thoughts about some of the things that we're going to walk about. This is chapter 1. I'm going to go verse by verse. Verse 3 says this. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. And we have a priceless inheritance. An inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. One day we will reach the last day. We will receive our rewards from God. But we have to have patience in order to get to that day. Why? Because so much of life is beyond your control. You know, if you got laid off in the last few years, it was beyond your control. If you've had issues, I was thinking of all the things that are beyond my control. You know, one of the first ones that comes to mind is traffic. Right? 
You ever get in a line and you think, why are they on my road? <laughs> right? I was sitting behind a, a person in a car the other day and the light was red and we were sitting there and it turned green and they didn't move. Turned green. I'm not a, honestly, I hardly ever honk my horn at anybody because they always like turn around and say, hi, Pastor Deary. So it's not a good idea. <laughs> it's never a good idea. <laughs> Especially on Timberline Road here, like, like they follow me into the church, and then I'm like, oh, great. Um, so it's, it's a challenge, but, but they were on their phone, you know, and you, their head's down, and I see them think on their phone, and it's green, and it's green, and it's green, and I'm, I'm thinking, this is beyond my control, and put it in four-wheel drive and go. <laughs> you know, uh, airplane travel, you know, the weather delays. Anybody have something that was messed up by the wind of the last couple of weeks that you had planned? Yeah, it's real. And you can try. I've tried it before. I've stepped out on our patio and said, peace be still. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Only Jesus, I guess, can do that. Um, how do you respond when life is beyond your control? That's the question. Um, do you have patience? I see people respond in different ways all the time. I see so many get angry. I think anger is one of the first responses. They're mad at everybody. They just become like the destroyer of everybody and everything in their path. And it's a terrible, terrible thing. Um, some just go apathetic. It's beyond my control. I don't care. I don't give a rip anyway. And they just get this attitude that develops in their life. And then I watch others who do the blame game. You know, it almost always starts with God. Well, it's God's fault. Why would he let this happen? He's not loving I don't believe in him anymore. Or it's my husband's fault or my wife's fault or my kid's fault or my dad's fault or my mom's fault or the government's fault. Well, that's probably true, but no, I'm kidding. I shouldn't have said that. I was joking. Are you going to have that kind of response in your life or are you going to be someone who's going to trust God when life isn't so happy? It's beyond your control. You still have the ability to say, God, this, these are the cards dealt to me. I love you anyway. I don't understand. I don't know where you are. It seems like you are not hearing any of my prayers, but I will commit for the long haul that you're going to be my God. And if I die like this, you're still going to be my God, and I'm going to be your child. And that takes faith. And that takes trust. And that takes patience. I remember, because we don't like to wait, do we? I remember, oh, this has been years ago, like 20 probably 23 plus years ago. I, had, I came here about 25 years ago and it was in the first couple of years and I had this doctor's appointment. It wasn't at the doctor's office I use now. It was like a one-time deal where they told me to go to this place for blood tests or something. I don't even remember what it was. But my appointment was at 10 o'clock. So I went in there and about a quarter till 10, signed in, you know, filled out the paperwork, all is well, go sit down. And it's about five till 10 when I'm done. 10 o'clock comes, that's the time of my appointment. It's 10 o'clock, that was my appointment time. And then it's five after 10, and it's 10 after 10, and it's 15 after 10. And I thought, I've, you know, I had an 11 o'clock appointment that I had to be at. So I went up kindly and just said, you know, um, I thought my, can I look at the sheet? What time was my appointment? Oh, it was 10. Oh, no, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I didn't. <laughs> no, all I said was, hey, I have an 11 o'clock. I don't know if I can stay here because I'm going to have to leave by such and such a time. And they said, well, we'll try to get you. It's 1020. So I'm sitting back down. Now I'm just starting to get like, what's going on here? You know, I mean, I have a life too. And 
and uh, I've got to meet someone at 11. And then I, I looked up, I was, I was looking at some, uh, a whole row of like magazines and some booklets and stuff, and I looked up above it, and a sign on the wall had two words, and it said, waiting room. <laughs> and I'll never forget that moment, because it was like God... You know, I uses mundane things, and it was like a, a dagger in my spirit. I felt like God said to me, I have one of these, and you don't do so well. <laughs> God has a waiting room. As a matter of fact, it changed me. I, I pulled a magazine off the shelf. I felt like God prompted me to say, I've had you sitting in this chair for a long time, and there's an article in that magazine that will really help you right now with the situation in your life, and you've not even picked it up. I picked it up and started to read it, and it was awesome. I read another one. I'm sitting there, and five minutes goes by. This guy strikes up a conversation with me, and we get into this meaningful conversation. It was like a God moment, which doesn't happen to me very often. And the nurse comes out to get me, and I'm like, sorry, I'm busy. <laughs> I'm doing the work of God here. But see, that's what happens to us is we, we forget sometimes that this is not our agenda. We yield to God. And sometimes he has a waiting room. And we don't understand, but character development happens in our life. Number two, for the long haul living requires adjustments. If you're going to live life for the long haul, you are going to have to make adjustments in your life just because of the culture we live in. Culture changes, technology changes. I can't believe all the changes that have come in the last 20 years. It's amazing. And, and so when I look at this, First Peter, uh, the next verse, verse 6 says this, so truly be glad there is wonderful joy ahead. You know why I, I, that makes me happy, it makes me laugh kind of because it's saying it's maybe not so good right now, but there's joy ahead. So keep going. Even though you have had to endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. Wow, there's a thought. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies what? Gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. When we go through trials, we're tempted to quit. We don't like it. We would never choose it. But what God really needs us to do is make adjustments. And, and, and one of the things that happens right away is when I get in Bonnie's car, what, what do you think the first thing is that I have to do? I've got to adjust the seat. As a matter of fact, this 6'4 frame, and Bonnie's pretty tall for a female, but still she has her seat so far up that I literally can't even get in until I move the seat back. So I have to reach around and move the seat back or my knees, my kneecaps would be broken when I get in. So I have to adjust the seat and then you have to adjust the mirrors. You have to get ready. That's how life is, you guys. If you want to go down the road, if you want to get to the place that you want to be, you're going to have to make adjustments in order or to get there safely. I mean, man, you think of marriage adjustments. I, I, there's, there's so many. Bonnie has had to make a lot of adjustments. <laughs> I'm thankful for that. No, I have too. We both have. Raising kids. How many of you changed when you started raising kids? You know, they always told me if you're going to write a book about raising kids, do it before you have them. <laughs> it's so true. 
financial adjustments. You know, things happen in your life, and retirement looked like it could be this, and 20 years ago it looked this way, and now it looks this way, and boy, changes happen, and didn't see that coming, and on and on. Adjustments, adjustments. As a matter of fact, I want to do something right now, and I'd like for everyone to participate. South Auditorium, you guys too, okay? So just, if you have been a part, and it doesn't have to be exact, but around, if you've been a part of this Timberline family for 10 years or more, just, just figure it out in your mind approximately. For 10 years or more, would you stand to your feet right now? Let's say thanks to these people who have been around here for a long haul. And they say, what's so significant about that? It's very significant because I can promise you something. Every one of these people who have just stood have had a reason that would be legitimate in their mind to leave this church. They lost their parking spot. <laughs> they lost the chair they love to sit in. They lost their favorite service time. Something was changed, something was tweaked because the rest of you showed up. Thank God. Do you realize they've sacrificed, they've given, they've pledged for you? They've, they've paid the way. And I love the fact that there are people in this fellowship who have been here for a long time who could have walked away, but they didn't. Why? Because they were able to make adjustments. They were able to say, it's not just all about me. It's about what God wants and how we can make a difference as we go through the will of God. Number three in your outline. For the long haul, living requires grace. Boy, this is so true offered to others for sure. I look at what Peter says in verse 8. He says, you love him, meaning Christ, even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. This salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know more about when they prophesied about this gracious salvation prepared for you. They wondered what time or situation the Spirit of Christ within them was talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's suffering and his great glory afterwards. Do you know that when Jesus walked on the earth, he was gracious. He offered grace to others who didn't get it. He, when he was dying on the cross, he asked his Father to forgive people, the people who were doing this to him because they were ignorant of the truth. They didn't know what they were really doing. And he's saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know. They don't know. That's grace. I love the acrostic with the word G-R-A-C-E, grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. I like that a lot because that's what grace is. Uh, the definition for grace would simply be unmerited favor. Unmerited favor. It's when someone blesses you or gives you space or cuts you slack when you really don't deserve it. That's called grace. Well, I give that to others. And it takes, it takes grace to live life for the long haul. I was reading some quotes this week. Some funny. Some of them were really funny about aging and adjustments and what has to happen in your life and grace as you age. Um, Sir Norman Wisdom said this. As you get older, three things happen. The first is that your memory goes away, and I can't really remember the other two. <laughs> I thought that was really good. 
Bob Hope, classic Bob Hope said this, I am so old they have canceled my blood type. <laughs> One more, we have to have Lucille Ball. Listen to what she said about aging. She said, the secret of staying young is to live honestly, eat slowly, and lie about your age. <laughs> I don't recommend that. But number four, for the long haul living also requires accountability. And that's really not optional. If you are going to make the adjustments in your life that God wants you to make, you're going to have to be able to be accountable to some people in your life. Not just yourself and not just God. It takes others. And that's biblical. The one another's of the scriptures. Submit to one another. Um, we, we have to be the people who lead that by example. Look at verse 13. 1 Peter 1. So think clearly and exercise self-control. Look forward to the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know better then. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say you must be holy because I am holy. Now, one thing I want you to know for sure, you can't be holy without the Spirit of God inside of you. How many of you know that? Okay, you can't. It's, it's God in us that creates that desire to follow him and to be holy because of him. Um, we've got to get that right. But I'll tell you right now, the standards of this world will not call you to reaching your best and your greatest potential. The standards of this world will let you get by with the minimums. Do you realize that? You can keep your job maybe 30, 40 years, but that doesn't mean you've, you've done it the best you possibly could because there's no one who can set standards at the level this book does for us to live by. I, I was on a trip with Pastor Dick Foth, and he had a childhood friend who was the attorney general named John Ashcroft at the time, and we were sitting at breakfast with him, and he said, he said, uh, something that always stuck with me. He said, we're talking about the law. And he says, the law calls us to the lowest and the least. But God calls us to the highest and the best. And he, he illustrated it by saying this. There's no law that says you need to be generous. They couldn't pass a law like that. But this book challenges us to be people who are generous. So you can go through life without being generous and not break the law. But you can't go through life and honor God and not be generous. You follow me? So, so God's law calls us to our highest and best. And what I'm afraid of, I'm afraid that there are so many people who just do the lowest and the least and feel okay about themselves. But you will never reach your fullest potential by just doing the minimums. God has called us to be the people of God who reach our greatest potential. Who is it in your life that's helping you do that? Who are you sharing your life with? How you use your time, how you use your gifts, how you spend your money. Will you be accountable for that? Will you let people speak into that? I want to wrap this up by just four or five thoughts that I have at the very end, okay? And it says, thoughts for the long haul. I, I made a list for me. I think I had 12 or 13 things on here. I think I have five, four or five or six maybe, but I want you to just jot them down and think about them with me. Number one is, <laughs> Sounds so simple. Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Do you realize how many things in your life you do have control over? Have you ever thought of that? 
we tend to kind of talk about the things that are beyond our control and whine and gripe about it. But you have control over a lot of decisions. You have decisions you can make about your life. And I want to really encourage you. Um, what about your diet? What about exercise? What about being healthy? What about the things that are thought patterns that you are in? Habits that you've developed that aren't really good habits that you do have control over. You can make changes right now, proper pleasures, the kind of pleasure that can honor God. There, there are some out there, and I think we need to have those in our lives. Do well in the things that you can control, and then that'll take care of a lot of things you can't control. I promise you it will. The, the second thing I would say here is take care of others. You know, take, take care of others. It's important because I'm not talking about becoming a full-time caretaker for someone, okay? Though some of you are doing that right now, I know, out of love and out of necessity. But I'm, I'm talking about a willingness to invest time and energy and passion into others. I'll just say one thing, and it's sort of blunt, but I want you to hear it. Um, I think it's great for you to have a season in your life when you have Christian counseling, you're seeing someone who's helping you, you're walking through changes, patterns, small groups like Celebrate Recovery and others where we say, these are seasons when you work on me. I've got to work on this. Do it. Get it. But can I just say, please do not spend your entire life working on you. Don't do it. Whose dreams are you trying to help come true? Who else are you working for? Not for you, but you want to see them come to a place. Your joy comes from giving and helping their dream come true. If we would do more of that, I think we would have more fulfillment in our lives. Take care of others. Number three, do the work of God. Do the work of God. Now, I don't mean become a vocational, you know, don't quit your job, go to Bible school and become a pastor. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about using your vocation, your gifts, your abilities to do the things of God's interests. And I, and I think there are so many opportunities for you to do that here at Timberline as well as in our community because what matters most, I, I have a friend, Troy Jones, who's a pastor out in Seattle area. His wife's name is Jana, and she tweeted something the other day that really got my attention. And here's what it was. If wealth is lost, nothing is lost. If health is lost, something is lost. If integrity is lost, all is lost. Man, it just set me back for a minute to think there are a lot of important things in my life, but if I want to live life for the long haul, integrity is going to be something that I've got to cherish and live by and set standards in my life that will honor God. And so do you, and we get to, and it's an opportunity before us. Put some people around you that you can help dream some dream. And then the last thing, um, did, oh, am I on four or five? Four. Enjoy the people around you. <laughs> some of you are like, well, you haven't met the people around me. <laughs> right? Enjoy the people around you. I, I don't know if this is true. You guys th help me think about this. Do you think you can be with, work with someone, even maybe live in the same house with someone, and really never fully deeply know them? I think it's possible. You can know about them. Could we be people who sort of decide we're going to kind of lay it open a little more often with the right people? Go deep with a few. Have some intimacy in your life because 
Real fulfillment happens there. Enjoy the people around you. One of the things I love about Pastor Steve Harris is he's fun to be around. If, you have, if you've done any ministry with Steve, you've laughed. And he can be serious and he gets it done and put a pack on his back, he'll get it to the top of the hill. But I'll tell you, when I'm having a tough day, I go find his office. and He'll, he'll make me laugh. Enjoy the people around you. Number five and lastly is this, find pleasure in the little things. Find pleasure in the little things. I've been sort of working on this, knowing this message is coming up, and I just started really trying to smell the roses, as they say, on a, on a weekly basis. And I started thinking about when I go on a date with my wife, Bonnie, we have so much fun. And, and it's, I just look forward to it. I'm off on Fridays, and it's like, let's not plan anything. Let's just make it up as we go. And it's just so fun. And my quiet time with God isn't work to me. I love getting my coffee and going and sitting down. How many of you had pleasure having coffee today? See, it's a wonderful thing. As simple as that is, it's just, there's a wonderful thing. A sun, a sunrise. I can just sit and look out the window and go, thank you, God, the sun is coming up. Look how beautiful that is. A sunset. We've talked about it before. Um, do you realize there are foods out there that are actually healthy that taste really good? I am discovering that there's some great food out there that actually is good for me. And if you eat mostly that, then you can sneak in like a hot fudge sundae once in a while. And that's the food of heaven, right? Wow. You just can't do that every day. Reading a book, an evening with friends. Would you write down your list? What are the simple pleasures in your life that you can look forward to? And you can say, thank you, God, it boils down to attitude and perspective. Attitude and perspective. You guys, don't sweat the small stuff. Life is too big and too important. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. What a challenge. What a challenge for me in my life to, to be facing this reality that I'm gonna stand before you someday. I'm gonna give account. I wanna live life for the long haul. Lord, I pray, I pray right now in this room for my brothers and my sisters and people here who say, I want that in my life. With heads bowed in these rooms, I just, I need to pray for a couple of things. The first one is, I really want us to pray for those of you that would be honest enough to just say, I'm, I get it. I'm challenged today. I need to change some patterns that I know are not healthy. Doesn't mean it's sin. It's just, it can just be stuff that's in your control that you haven't done a good job with. And you say, I've got to make some changes to live life healthy for the long haul. And I'm going to pray over you for strength to do that, to see it, to get it right, to live well. Raise your hand if that's you, please. God bless you. You can put them back down. Lord, thank you for moments like this. We all have things in our lives we can change. But I thank you for a, a kind of a specific thing that you're putting in our hearts today to say, I want to live for the long haul in a way that honors you. Would you help us to develop the disciplines in our life, the strength that comes from you to really make some pattern changes in our lives? To be strong in this, to write it down, to make some goals, to not be afraid to try again, no matter how many times we've tried before. Let us walk with you in obedience. Secondly, I want to pray for some of you that the biggest thing for you would just really be an attitude adjustment. Maybe you live angry. Maybe you're doing the blame game we talked about, but it's just an attitude thing, a perspective thing. And you'll be honest enough to just raise your hand right now, please. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this. 
we cherish these moments when you talk to our hearts from your heart. And I ask you to show us, reveal to us when our attitudes do not please you and we get stuck in that rut and it just seems like our only response and it's not the right one. So we yield to you. Your spirit is changing us from the inside today. I thank you for it. Finally, Lord, if there's one in this room that doesn't know you personally, that would like to right now just say, come into my life and change me, walk with me. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. If you wanna accept Christ right now, just say this in your heart. Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I believe in faith that you are the son of God, that you died on a cross for my sin and rose from the dead. I give you my future. Help me to walk with you for the long haul. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I would like our Beach Reach team to come. We're gonna have a moment of prayer for some young adults who are heading out to some of the beach destinations around the country. Beach Reach is uh, an organization around the country where young adults, who I am so proud of you guys, look at this, man. These young adults are not going for the party. They are going to be salt and light for those who are going to party. They're gonna be driving people home. They're gonna be engaging in conversations. They're gonna be having so many God discussions. People are gonna open up to them. Do you realize what is in store for you guys? I mean, this is a powerful thing. I love the fact that we have young people and young adults that will be salt and light on this earth for the glory of God. Would you say thank you to these people? I thank God for you. Wonderful. So cool. Help me pray for him. Lord, thank you so much for this moment. We just trust you. God, we just invest. We lay our hands on and we pray for young people who would say yes to you, who would say we will give you all that we have. Lord, I just pray for favor with other students. I pray for conversations that would be life-changing, literally life-changing. I pray for protection protection over the mind, the heart, the body, the soul. God, we just pray that your grace would be sufficient over every member of this team. We thank you for their strength. We thank you for their courage. We thank you for their love of you, which is sending them as missionaries this week. In your name, we pray blessing over them. Amen. Father, we thank you so much that your love never fails. Even when we do, your love doesn't. And we thank you on this day, we can declare that we're in it for the long haul. <laughs> and we're gonna walk with you. And when we fall down, we're gonna get up. And we're gonna trust you. We're gonna put people around us who will help us in the journey. So thank you for this message. Lord, send us out of here to make a difference in the world. Be with those who need you desperately. Thanks for touching us today and putting us back on track for your glory, we pray it. Amen. Our prayer team is up here. If you want someone to pray with you, come on up. And there's tables in the mall, lots of stuff. Go in the name of Jesus and live life for the long haul. God bless you. Thanks for being at Timberline.